I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a podcast that explores the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. Every episode, we break down the latest news in the space and are joined by some of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. This is Crypto on the Beat. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, all the headlines making waves in today's digital economy, plus my interview with multi-platinum dance music vocalist Vassi, who breaks down her latest NFT drop and talks about using Web3 to curate unique experiences for her fans. I just thought, what a cool concept, you know? This is a way to, as creators, get their power back to continue to create, you know, whether it's music or art or whatever. I mean, there's no limits and put something together for the fans and share their artwork and also have the opportunity to sell their work. We'll get into all this and more in the full conversation coming up here in just a bit. But first, let's check some headlines. Apple is reportedly building out a 3D mixed reality world. A recent report says the company will be launching its own augmented reality virtual reality headset with mass production expected to begin early next year. While no official statement has come from Apple just yet, a quick peek at their recent job openings shows the tech giant is hiring a number of engineers with AR and VR experience, with one job in particular looking for someone to enable connected experiences in a 3D mixed reality world. Kind of figured it was only a matter of time before Apple got seriously involved in this area, and it looks like 2023 might be the year. For the first time ever, last week's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade took place not just in the streets of New York City, but also in the metaverse. In a partnership with OnCyber, the iconic parade was able to be viewed digitally as well and featured many of the famous balloons from the actual event. Now, the parade's metaverse experience is still live, and Macy's is giving fans a chance to view five different NFT galleries and then to vote on their favorite project with the winner set to become an actual balloon in next year's parade. Very cool. And Metaverse has just been announced as a top three contender for Oxford's Word of the Year. It'll go up against the hashtag I stand with and also Goblin Mode, which sounds like two words to me, but what do I know? Uh, fans can vote for their favorite on the Oxford Languages website through this Friday, December 2nd, with the winning word being announced shortly thereafter. You might remember NFT was the Collins Dictionary Word of the Year in 2021, so it's been pretty fascinating watching these new technologies, which we've regularly discussed on this show for almost a year now, becoming more and more mainstream. So excited to welcome our featured guest uh, to today's show. She is a multi-platinum artist. Uh, she's been one of the go-to vocalists in dance music uh, over the past decade. Her songs have wrapped up more than uh, 2 billion streams. And uh, recently, she's been getting involved with uh, Web3, crypto, and NFTs. And here to talk about all of that and more, uh, let's welcome our first female guest to the show. Vassi is here. Hi. Hey, Danny. Thank you for having me. So you're here. You recently did a, a very cool NFT drop on Record Shop, uh, which is a music NFT platform we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, we're going to get into those details in a bit, but I'm interested to hear how you got turned on to crypto. I mean, everyone seems to have a different story, so uh, I would love to hear yours. So I moved into the Web3 space about, I'd say, just after... Um, I think it started during the pandemic, the conversations, and I've been, you know, selling NFTs now for over a year and a half, I would say, but literally just as it happened, I was really fortunate. I, the conversation started 
And, you know, people were talking about NFTs. And I remember the very first time the conversation came up and we were having dinner and this, um, you know, very well-respected businessman who has nothing to do with the music industry, but he put it on uh, my radar. And I thought, what on earth is this? But at the time, you know, it was all the visual stuff, which is really great. And I love that because before I, I, um, I dove into music, I mean, actually, I, I first got a degree in architecture. Um, but before that, like I always loved uh, drawing illustrations and I used to, you know, paint and do all these canvases. And I just put that part of my life aside, you know, and then I moved into music and that was it. My music career just kind of took, took over. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to cut a long story short, it intrigued me. So I went online and I'm not that tech savvy, you know, I, I must admit. And um, I think a lot of people are, in, are intimidated because of the technology. And still to this day, you know, a lot of it, I, I, uh, now I understand it, but I, I, um, I think a lot of artists are, uh, uh, shy, you know, um, to get into the space because they don't understand the technology. And so um, I just thought, you know what, I don't really understand the technology, but I'm a creator and I understand how to create. And um, what an interesting and unique way to engage my fans and have a, a very different type of experience with them that I would not uh, have had the opportunity to do before. So let me figure this out. And then I was introduced to a few companies and I started speaking to a few people, but the one that really, um, you know, just resonated with me was Record Shop. Mm -hmm. So I started a partnership with them and that's how I started to launch my, my NFTs. But, you know, I already had concepts at the time and I still have a whole bunch of other stuff that I want to do, but I just thought, what a cool concept, you know, this is a way to create as creators, get their power back. Uh, to continue to create, you know, whether it's music or art or whatever. I mean, there's no limits and put something together for the fans and share their artwork, you know, Um, and also have the opportunity to sell their work and then give the fans an opportunity to to feel empowered by that and um, give them a chance to be able to sell a piece of your work. So it's kind of a win-win and you know, everyone gets a a little excited and and, and is able, it's kind of like taking a risk, you know, and so it's a, it's a very um, interesting and stimulating space. You know, it's a sensorial experience um, for everyone, the creators, the fans. The, and, um, yeah, I've been in it now for over a year and a half and I've, I've you know, I've put out, I've launched a few different sure. um, NFTs, digital collectibles. So it, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, so you've done a few, like you said. Let's look at the most recent one, which was, was interesting for you. So it was, a, it was an acoustic NFT drop. And uh, you mentioned it was with Record Shop. Uh, I think you've done something with them before. Uh, we had Nick Dietrich from the Disco Fries uh, on the show. He was talking a lot about them. I think he's involved as well. Um, so so you, you love Record Shop. Just tell us what excited you most about about them as a company. And then, uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, about what made you do uh, an acoustic NFT, which is, I think, very different uh, from the sounds that we're accustomed to from you. Yes. Uh, what I liked about them, Record Shop, is that they're, they're a marketplace, uh, a platform, essentially, and then they're a leading marketplace in the, in the electronic music space. So already, you know, they have a niche. Mm-hmm. And um, I was one of the first uh, people that jumped on. And yes, Nick, also from Disco Fries. And so it was a really, really cool uh, experience for us because when we first started, there really wasn't a lot of people on the platform um, but I like that, that they had a, you know, they had a very strong uh, presence and in, in terms of this is what we're doing. Because a lot of the marketplaces 
um, like I said, you know, I've had other conversations with companies and it can get a little messy sometimes. And I think people get confused. So having a marketplace that's very clear, you know, what their space is, their genre, their demographic, um, a, a system in place. I don't know. There's just less confusion. It's very clear on how to deliver. Sure. So um, the acoustic series is something I put together. So I had put, um, I'd, I released a few digital collectibles, but the one before that's almost sold out, by the way, there's only a couple packs left, which I'm really excited about. Um, so we're close to selling, officially selling out, but it was called Vasi the Dance Series. And that did really, really well. So then it got me thinking, I, I, as an artist, you know, everyone knows me for all my, you know, recognizable dance songs. And I uh, secretly deep down actually prefer, uh, not prefer, but I have a passion for performing acoustically and it's always been my thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As an artist, it always has. And so I've, you know, I've done shows, I've put put out, you know, acoustic type of albums and my real Vassy fans, you know, they love me for it and it made me feel safe. And so I thought, oh, you know what? Um, I have fans that love this. Why don't I take my big recognizable songs that they, you know, they all have danced to over the years and love and um, acu- record them acoustically and give them a very, um, you know, emotive, uh, intimate experience. So I, I put, put together a collection of nine of, you know, of my biggest like EDM dance hits and recorded them acoustically and put together this uh, very uh, limited edition um, only on record shop of the acoustic versions. And that's how I came, you know, um, to putting that idea together. And it's been really great. The fans love it. And like I said, you know, you have to, I think the cool thing is that you don't necessarily have to be a, a Vassy fan, but a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's that song. That's so cool to hear the song, you know, in a, with a different life, a new life after having heard it on the dance floor at the gym or whatever at the festivals. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, indul- you know, self-indulging, but um, in addition to that, it's not just giving them a chance to hear the song, you know, it's a very one-on-one experience. It's an experience that they would not have on a traditional DSP platform. They get these uh, videos, one-on-one videos, me talking about a little bit about each song, the history of each song, you know, how I, how I, how I made the song, how I got to meet certain DJs that I worked on the, the song, which very personal stories that um, fans wouldn't get access to. There's utility to it. It's not just like you said before. It's not just a picture on a screen. It's like you're getting you know stuff that you couldn't get, and it makes you feel closer to the fan. It makes the fan feel closer to you. Now, I think if you want to just blow all of our minds, I mean, are you playing the instruments on these acoustic versions as well as singing? No, I'm not. Okay, <laughs> I <All> wish. Right. <laughs> so I I I don't play an instrument besides my voice, and I've managed to have a successful career um you know not playing an instrument although i wish i i would have but my father never wanted me to do music so he pulled me out of piano and and saxophone at a young age and i you know uh it's it's a lot harder to pick that stuff up again when you're an adult but um no i have a a guy that i use for all my acoustics here in los angeles and uh, he's my go-to guy he used to work with prince back in the day madonna he's he's a very old school you know has a big afro and uh his name's chico and uh, he's he's like a real deal musician, so you don't you can't mess around with something like that. <laughs> so your father never wanted you to do music. Does he come out to your shows ever? And do you ever like sing to him and be like, "Hey, I'm here. Look at me now." <laughs> I wish, bless his soul. My father unfortunately passed away like a really long time ago, and um, 
he never got to even see me sing. I had organized a little concert for him when he was uh, very ill, unfortunately, and he wasn't strong enough to come. And, you know, it's a sad story, but um, uh, my father gave me his blessings. That's the most important thing. And I promised him that I would, you know, get my degree and I finished my degree, which I did. I have a first class honors degree in architecture. My father was a a developer and, you know, building and construction. That was his thing. And so his dream was for us to work together. But um, anyways, you know, life is not fair. And so, but with his blessings, I, I continued and I, I had a very successful career in Australia. And then I was very ambitious and I moved to America and I, I started all over again, of course, because once you're here, you're nobody until you're somebody. And then, um, you know, here I am now. So I'm sure he's very proud of all of the work you're doing. I mean, not just the music, but uh, just leading the way for, for women. And, and uh, we'll get more into that uh, in just a little bit. You're obviously, you know, you're excited about, about NFTs. Um, you know, there's a lot happening in the space, in music in particular, with, uh, with crypto. Uh, I mean, do you follow any of, uh, you know, anything with, with Bitcoin or, or any of these uh, other uh, maybe platforms like metaverse concerts, things that are, you know, seemingly happening, uh, you know, all around us? Yeah, look, I've, uh, you know, I'm definitely familiar with everything and I, I read up on some things, but this is where I, where I, um, this is the thing, <clears throat> that part of the Web3 space, like I said, I'm not a tech savvy person because I'm a creator, so I'm truly an artist. And so, and this is my, um, my one piece of advice to other creators that want to move into the space um, don't be intimidated by it because you don't have to, you, you actually don't have to be, uh, fully and all that, you know, you don't have to get crypto. You don't have to do crypto. You don't have to get paid as crypto. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to completely get it. You just have to, uh, obviously find a great marketplace that, you know, that accommodates your needs and, um, and just create your art. Um, you know, now if you're, if you want to get your head around all that other stuff, Right. But um, for me, I, I just, uh, I don't know, I, uh, it's more the creation part of it. I think if I overthink it too much, it takes the, um, the art out of it for me because I, I really hate technology, <laughs> believe it or not. I just hate it. I, <laughs> I think it's great, but sometimes it's just like you just literally can spend your entire life on a phone or on a screen uh, because all this stuff requires screen time, you know, and so that's the, that's the other bad thing about NFTs. I mean, it's great, but it requires so much time behind the screen. And, uh, you know, the blue light, it's really bad for you um, on a cellular level. I don't know, this like on a whole other holistic thing. But, um, you know, and just being behind the screen. And so that's kind of why I try to limit myself and why I don't get into TikTok as much. But it's, it's a more philosophical um, it's a whole other conversation, but yeah. But I love this though, because you need a balance. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that we talk to on the show, they come from a technology background. They grew up, you know, with tech or with gaming and it was a lot of screen time. And, you know, you're, you're coming at it from a, a, a point of view that I think is a little bit different in that, uh, you know, you're not tech savvy, but yet you see the opportunities that, uh, you know, it can give for a new relationship with your fans and what have you. And you're exploring that. And uh, I think that a lot of people can be inspired by that because like you say, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by the technology of this and you're basically telling people they don't need to be and they can still participate. Yes, exactly. And especially I think uh, you know, even men are intimidated by it, but especially women too, because sometimes, um, you know, these talks, like you said, predominantly, it's a very male driven space. 
So um, sometimes girls are afraid to to ask what what does that mean and sound you know sound dumb and and talking about it. We recently did a, a panel, uh, a women's forum panel discussion, um, and opened it up to give other creators the opportunity. <laughs> excuse me, the opportunity to come out and, and talk about the Web three space and. Um, and that's one of the things that comes up that people are, are afraid, intimidated to ask, um, what does that mean? Because they don't want to come across as, you know, sounding dumb. And I just said, you know, there's never a, a stupid question. Um, so ask away. And there's so many things I don't understand either. And to be quite honest with you, I don't want to understand because, again, <laughs> that's going to require, you know, once you get into something, you have to dedicate a uh, percentage of your energy and time of your day to it. So for me, I want to do any, I, I, I want to do the opposite. I want to try and get away from my phone as much as possible. <laughs> but anyway, I'm in a place where I can do that. You know, maybe years ago I, I, I wouldn't have been able to, but. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate uh, to what you're saying as well about maybe wanting to get away from the phone uh, a little bit, but that is a whole other conversation. But you were on a panel you mentioned about, you know, with women uh, in Web3 and with uh, with NFTs. Are there any other women in the space that you've talked to that, uh, you know, maybe in the music industry or, or you know, maybe not, um, but that have, you know, inspired you or that maybe you could, you know, look to possibly uh, collaborate with uh, in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, there's, um, it's, it's definitely a, a still a new space for uh, female artists, creators, um, but there's definitely a lot of people, a lot of women out there that are wanting to get into the space. Um, so I've, I have been talking and mentoring uh, a few of the uh, younger female artists that are moving into the space and trying to guide them and, and help them along the way, not just in the Web3 space, but just in general. Um, so we did a mentoring program, which I really thoroughly enjoy because I wish I had someone back in the day, you know, give me the advice that I've, I've been able to give to some of the um, female artists because it just would have been a great um, shortcut, you know, to yeah. taking years to, to figure out certain stuff um, by getting burnt or getting exploited, you know, because A, you're an artist and you're also a woman. And so it, 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 it can... Um, yeah, it's 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 tricky, and so um, it gives me a lot of joy. And then you know, just to, to hear them tell me how much I inspire them, and I've laid out the you know the the pathway, and makes them feel like they can do it too. And I really, I really um, that moves me because anything is possible. You know, it, there just needs to be a, a will, and uh, and then if there's a will, there's a way. And I always tell I I always tell my um you know whoever I mentor. Mm-hmm. I always tell them, don't forget, you know, rejections are just redirections. So you're going to get a lot of rejections, but just remember it's a blessing in disguise. It's redirecting you. And the other thing I try to tell them, which, you know, I still uh, tell myself every day, but, you know, stick to plan A. You know, when people used to tell me back in the day, do you have a plan B? What's your plan B? What's the backup plan? Because, you know, this music thing. And I said, I don't have one. Once I have a plan B, I've already compromised my plan A. So stick to your plan A and you'll find a way, you know, just believe in yourself. So, and that, that same thing you can um, apply, you know, to the NFT space too. So, so people that want to get into the space, don't overthink it too much. You know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's the internet. Okay. And you're creating something <laughs> and you're putting it on a platform and you're, you're giving people access to be able to get access to it, to buy it. And you can control, obviously, you know, a lot of things with it in terms of how much you want to sell it for. Do you want to sell it? All this stuff, like 
it's really that simple. People that are tech savvy, it gives them another opportunity to self-indulge, you know, the cryptocurrencies, the this, the that. Oh, man, I'm just like, that overcomplicates it. <laughs> Coming from the, the dance music world and the EDM world, you've been a, a leading voice for women there and you've done some mentoring uh, in that space. And it's it also, you know, EDM can be called a, a boys club. And maybe up until recently, we're starting to see some change there. Um, you know, so you're kind of taking, I guess, you, you know, what you've you know, learned from the experience in dance music into crypto. And it sounds like, uh, you know, you want to do some mentoring to, uh, you know, any female artists that are considering moving into the space as well, which, uh, you know, I think is admirable. Thank you. I, I appreciate your kind words. And it is a boys club. And the whole thing has been, <laughs> it's like, I, I always laugh because I'm like, if I, everything I've picked has always been a boys club. I mean, architecture yeah. was a boys club. <laughs> the electronic space is a boys club and, um, you know, NFT is a, it, it's, but it's you're a not club, intimidated but, to move into these things. And that's, uh, that's admirable. Thank you. I'm not intimidated. Um, but I'm, but I also own my, um, you know, I, I, I don't prof profess to understand everything. Um, and I'm okay with that. I don't need to. Um, I'm also comfortable with being myself at this point in, in my life and, and my career. And I'm authentically me. And I realize that, you know, not everyone's going to like you or not. You can't make people happy. You've just got to feel good about yourself. And I think the most important thing is to be authentically yourself. So over the years, you know, I kept getting pushed to become a DJ and being in the electronic space, you know, being a DJ is, is the way, the gateway. I mean, you got to be a DJ, but I was always really an artist. I mean, a, a composer, a songwriter and a, a lyricist and a singer. And, um, I just didn't want to take that away from my art. So I, I tried to stay authentic to my, you know, be authentic to myself. And I think that's the key. Um, it's not always about, oh, this could be lucrative because, you know, it's going to open up more revenue. I think you've just got to say, well, what do I really want to do? You know, what makes me happy? I've, I'm only on this planet for a short period of time. So I just, I just want to do what makes me happy. And, and that's the thing. So again, going back to the whole NFT, you know, space, I just think that if you're interested in making art and you want to share it with your fans in a unique way, then um, it's a great space, you know, because there's just freedom and, you, you're not um, tied down to a label. You're not tied down to all these restrictions. It's really liberating and you can do anything. It's awesome. So I really, just from that, for me, that's what I enjoy about it. Again, because I'm an artist, I just enjoy that part. I'm like, oh, cool. What's my next, you know, NFT going to be like? So that's what I always think about the concept and, you know, putting all the assets together that's the part that I enjoy, not so much the technology part um, for me, but you know, everyone's different. So each to their own. No, I think that's extremely well said. And the authentic part, I think hits it right on the head. And any fan base can tell the difference between somebody who's out there, you know, trying to do a cash grab and somebody who's out there being authentic with their project. And, uh, you know, that I think is uh, the most important thing. You also talk a lot about, you know, not being afraid to ask questions and not being intimidated, all things that, uh, you know, I think resonate with a lot of people. And, uh, I'm just excited to have you on the show and, and it's exciting to hear that you're uh, looking forward to your next uh, NFT drop as well. We will look forward to that uh, whenever that may be. But uh, Vassie sounds like she is, uh, you know, she's, she's got the Web3 bug and uh, there's going to be uh, more to come in the future. So we really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. And I think it's a great 
conversation for us to have. And I hope that, you know, listeners learn and get inspired from it. That was my conversation with superstar dance vocalist Vassy, an inspiration for all women looking to get involved in Web3 for sure, but also an inspiration for anyone who's not tech savvy and still wants to be a part of this too. Her advice being not to overthink it. Just find a marketplace that accommodates your needs and also don't be afraid to ask lots of questions along the way because at the end of the day, even the experts are still figuring out the space. Also enjoyed hearing her talk about how liberating she has found NFTs, giving her the ability to make unique art that she can share with her fans without being tied down to a record label or anything at all. Says she feels like she can do anything and is already excited for her next Web3 project. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypto on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Doherty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts. <laughs>